As Union Tribune health reporter Paul Sisson put it several weeks ago, testing will set us free. Knowing who currently has or has antibodies from COVID-19 is one of the only ways the region can return to a semblance of normalcy. San Diego County has aimed for more than 5,000 tests per day, and in recent days, the daily test count has hovered in the 2,000 range. However, now new testing options are available, and one of our reporters tried it out. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Gary Worth, you're a member of the public safety team at the Union-Tribune, and yesterday you got tested for COVID-19. Let's start with the beginning. How did getting that appointment go? Hey, Daniel. Happy Friday to you. Uh, the uh, uh, Signing up for the test uh, was called um, three easy steps, is what the, the county said. You, you sign on to a website, and uh, there's also a phone number you could call, and, uh, and then you pick a location. There's three locations in San Diego County that you could pick. One's in Escondido, one's in El Cajon, and one's in Chula Vista. Uh, the significant thing about these new tests uh, is that this is the first time publicly funded tests have been available for people uh, that don't have to uh, have a doctor referral. Before, it's like a medical professional would refer you if you had symptoms. We wanted to know if you actually had the virus. Uh, but uh, now it's like they can test asymptomatic people, people without symptoms. And that's important because it will help us understand the spread of the disease, how many people in all might have it and how many people don't have it. Um, and uh, now um, on Tuesday, they started these uh, testing sites. It's funded by the state and run by a company called um, uh, was, uh, uh, I think that was their name. They, they were contracted uh, to find these locations. So they did. And um, I went on a website on Wednesday to sign up for a site. And it actually was kind of a long process. It asked you a lot of information about yourself. It asked you, um, you know, who you work for. It asked you uh, your insurance uh, and, uh, and your insurance information. The reason it asked for your insurance is because they're going to bill your insurance company uh, at the Medicare rate, I understand. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you'll have to pay a deductible or a copay, I hope, because we are told that the govern govern governor has said that these are free, that, that there can be no out-of-pocket cost, um, out costs. Uh, the first day of testing was on Tuesday and heard that things uh, didn't go flawlessly on that day. They... Um, he had some lines, he had some scheduling problems. Um, I heard that a lot of that was worked out on Wednesday, but I ran into some issues on Wednesday. Those issues were um, uh, having to pick a site. So I pick a site and try to pick a site and none of the San Diego County sites showed up. I'm in Oceanside and the nearest site it told me was San, San Juan Capistrano, even though the Escondido site was just 15 minutes away. And I kept going back and forth and trying to sign up for the alcohol site by changing my zip code. It said there was no sites in 50 miles of there. And then um, these sites popped up. Uh, the Escondido site and the Chula Vista site, for instance, they popped up. Um, but then the calendars were grayed out. Um, uh, well, eventually uh, it started working again. And and I uh, was able to... Um, 
make an appointment like the very next day uh, in that afternoon. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I've, I've since talked to somebody at um, uh, who was the, the company that uh, put all this together and he said that they were aware of some of the glitches and that they were working on it. Um, and it could have been that um, they were just booked uh, too, so I couldn't find a date and that and that uh, was why none of them were showing up. But I couldn't schedule in advance, like I couldn't move the calendar to next week or the week after. Um, but it eventually worked. Meanwhile, I was on the phone uh, trying to talk to someone and after 40 minutes, uh, no one had still answered the phone. Uh, and I was getting a, a voicemail that said they're experiencing a large call volume. Um, but uh, by then, I had uh, got my appointment and um, went yesterday. And a lot of people are doing it, uh, though. They, mm -hmm. they were booked for, I was told they were booked for the rest of this week. So whatever glitches might be, it's not keeping people from signing up. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good sign because, you know, those glitches could really be a big roadblock for some people who, you know, maybe on a fleeting moment choose to see if they can get tested. But then, you know, life gets distracting and you forget to finish it up. While well, it's important anyone who wants to or thinks they're at risk should get tested because now that we have the resources, we have a better kind of understanding of the true breadth and depth of this pandemic. And this allows public leaders to make better decisions about reopening or tightening some restrictions. Mm -hmm. So would you describe any of these as stumbling blocks or just kind of like minor glitches? It's got to be a minor glitch, but uh, more of like a little delay. Um, I said it took 40 minutes to sign up, but I signed up and other people did too. So um, <laughs> when I got there to the site, which was in Escondido, there was five people ahead of me. Um, I was out of there within 30 minutes. So um, once I was signed up, things went pretty smoothly. I got there and it was very orderly and everyone was very polite uh, too. So I, I say that uh, things did go well and I was interested and a little apprehensive uh, to see what the test was like uh, to be able to write to um, you know write it up and let people know you know after hearing some you know like horror stories about uh, you know they take a six inch long. A swab and you stick it in your nose and it feels like it's penetrating your brain and it's like oh my god what have I got myself into um, but uh, in the duty of journalism I went through with it and I, I describe it in the uh, in the article that uh, will be coming out maybe later today online or tomorrow in the paper yeah so I guess you describe it as uncomfortable like it wasn't terrible for you but it wasn't great yeah, it's it's weird. Is really the only way I could really describe it. Uh, you get this um, uh, this long stick, and they slide it into your right nostril, um, pretty pretty deep. Uh, but I, I feared like there might be some kind of gagging feeling, or just something that might even be painful. Uh, but um, you know, it it didn't hurt. And then um, you know, I felt them twirling it a little bit. And for some reason, the sensation I felt was, it felt like it was kind of expanding. And I don't know what that was about, but uh, it could have been whatever chemical is, is on it or whatever process collects a sample, uh, but it did feel something going on in there. Uh, and uh, the process takes like 15 seconds. It's not like in and out really quick too. And after about five seconds, she said, okay, you're doing good. Got another 10 seconds to go. And um, thought that was kind of a long 10 seconds, but 
then she warned me that uh, this next part might be the part that feels uncomfortable. And that's where they start dragging it out. And I suppose because it's collected a sample, what they're dragging back out is bigger than what they dragged, pushed in. So you definitely felt something. And uh, the way I described it was, it felt like something that was about to hurt, that this could smart, but it, it didn't. It was okay. Um, and then she said, you did great. Uh, and I, I guess that means I didn't cry too much uh, or panic. Uh, so she let me go. And um, uh, then I was out the door. And yeah, like I said, I think the, from the time I arrived and checked in to the time I left, uh, procedures, you know, no more than 30 minutes, I think, uh, seems to be running efficiently. They are dealing with a lot of people getting tests. I asked, uh, how, how many have you done today? And um, she, she said a million. Uh, she, I don't think she had kept track of how many people she had done. Uh, altogether, though, all the sites are supposed to do up to 800. So we're getting a lot of tests done uh, just at these three sites, uh, though. And, and that's a good thing. People shouldn't be afraid uh, if you um, are trying to get a test, uh, trying to sign up, and um, it doesn't work right away. S stick with it. It, it will. Um, you know, I did, and I got... Um, I, I got my appointment, and it's probably going to be a little smoother than uh, next week than it was during this first week, uh, I would assume. So, you know, it's like now's the time. If you're really curious, uh, you know, you can go get your test. So sign up at one of these three sites. Mm -hmm. And just for additional context, uh, San Diego County has been lucky in which, uh, compared to other regions in California, we have been testing a lot more people. And I believe uh, right now the number is uh, near 70,000. We'll probably cross that 70,000 number once we get those new numbers after 2.30. And as of right now, about 5.46% uh, of all of those tests in the past two weeks have been positive, which... Is actually a good thing because the lower the positivity rate, it kind of shows you that you're testing enough to kind of get a true sample. Like if you had positivity rates in the 20, 30 percent, that would suggest that you're not testing well enough to kind of see where the virus is at a given kind of time period. Yeah, we have a lot more testing to to, to do. We're at like around 2,200 a day, uh, and. And that puts us over the threshold of what the governor wanted San Diego County to do. I think we were responsible for like 8% because of the size of, uh, of the county and uh, of what the whole volume was for the whole state. So um, we're, we're at that, but they have a higher local goal of more than 5,000 that they'd like to do a day. And as the more people without symptoms uh, you know, are tested, the percent of people being um, getting positive results uh, most likely would go down just because of math. You know, that if you're only testing people that are showing symptoms, uh, there might be a lot a higher likelihood that they have it. But if you're also testing people who are asymptomatic, uh, then uh, chances are that it's going to uh, go down. But once you get to a level of testing uh, that uh, does get a consistent percent number, then we'll see where we are with the spread of the disease. Uh, so mm -hmm. right now, um, we're testing, you know, even at six or 7%, that's lower than a lot of places. Uh, so that, what that also tells us is that whatever the response has been um, might be working, you know, staying home, washing your hands, 
wearing masks these days. All these things that people are, are doing have, uh, you know, kept a surge from happening at hospitals. And, you know, the message is we're not out of this. Uh, there's still people who are sick. There's still people who are dying. Uh, so um, this doesn't doesn't mean uh, we're out of the woods. Uh, it, it means that maybe things are working uh, and we should keep them up. So that's the message that we hear from the county. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in those moments when you were signing up and uh, getting the tests and all of that stuff, uh, were there any moments when you're like, oh, no, I could have contracted the virus at this point in time because you've been out and about reporting? Oh, just out and about reporting? No, I, I never really felt like um, I was being exposed to, you know, uh, or in, in any place um, because of my behavior when I'm out. Uh, though uh, I have carried hand sanitizer with me um, for well before there was uh, this outbreak. I, I cover homelessness and I had been out with a medical team that was treating homeless people out on the street. And I noticed that they were washing their hands with hand sanitizer and thought, uh, that's a good idea. I should do that. And, you know, when someday we're out of this, this is something that I'll keep doing. And it's something that maybe everyone should do. And the flu rate has been lower this this year. It's because our behavior changed, uh, probably. So, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, just watch everything I touch. That's the other thing that I developed. Uh, I I did... uh, you know, it's like uh, I, I certainly know how to wash my hands thoroughly now and I certainly watch everything that I touch. And I do wear uh, some kind of facial covering whenever whenever I'm out. Uh, and going into the testing place, I didn't feel like there's any danger now because of how many precautions they, they get. I, I didn't really describe what it was like to be in the facility. Uh, you're there. There was like maybe five people ahead of me. People are standing on a piece of blue tape that is spaced six feet apart. Uh, you um, you're told next you move forward. Uh, you don't come within six feet of anyone. Uh, somebody opens a side door and that person is wearing a mask and gloves and say, we see your phone because they want to see the email that you have that shows the time and appointment time that you have. And then you have to give them uh, the number that you have. So remember that. Remember to bring your phone and have it charged and to write down the, the number to because they'll want that to make sure that you're the right person and then uh, you go into another room and stand on another blue line and tell to wait and then uh, i went into this room and there's a table that you stand again on a piece of paper on a piece of tape six feet away from a person who's at a table wearing a mask wearing gloves and behind a plastic sheet and in fact it was hard to see her and that's the kind of protection that they have for themselves and for you there. So she then handed me a, a piece of, a couple of pieces of paper and a plastic bag. And the plastic bag had a little tube and the swab on it. Uh, and then you bring that into another room where the registered nurse is. And you hand her that and she opens it up. And that's the one that she uses. So um, it's it's very uh, systematic. There's, there's a process that... They follow and uh, and it goes really smoothly uh, right now too. Uh, anyway, that's what you can expect when you go in. Uh, a few stations, you'll mm-hmm. stop. People will not be very close to you. And uh, anyway, that's uh, you know one of the reasons that it felt pretty safe to be there too. Mm-hmm. 
Good to know. And we do have one question from someone watching this live broadcast. Sydney Peck asks, why are we having so much trouble getting people tested? So I think this is kind of begged the question, you know, it's we've been in this pandemic for such a long time. Why only now are we seeing free testing for everyone? Uh, there has been a shortage of something called reagents uh, to get uh, their part of, uh, of the testing um, uh, kit. And uh, Nathan Fletcher brought this up the other day. It's like uh, they're competing with other places to get uh, all the kits that they need. And it's, it's a physical thing that, uh, that we need. And uh, I don't know on the state level how what got ramped up that we're able to to have these other tests now, but we, we do have some more and they are getting some more. Uh, I don't understand the logistics behind it, but it's not a San Diego problem. It's a nationwide problem. We're behind and the testing that we would like to be doing now. Uh, and I, I think it's just the issue that there was not the supply of these things that were ready for a pandemic in the United States. And now we're trying to get them. No, I mean, it's just one of those things that are in short supply, you know, uh, like everything else these days seems, but, uh, no, I, there, I don't know why they're, they're getting it more. I haven't followed, uh, just the ins and outs of, of, um, you know, what exactly went wrong. I, I, I've seen there's several articles out, uh, about that, that I wanted to research, uh, myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does seem like, uh, this pandemic has kind of shown some of the downsides of, you know, large companies with, uh, you know, kind of slim supply chain. So if one kind of chain in that supply chain breaks, it causes delays that ripple all across the economy. And we saw that with personal protective equipment, reagents, and even toilet paper for a little bit of time. Yeah, that's still an issue. Let me know where mm -hmm. I can get some. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered everything. Gary Worth, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Look for the story online, maybe later today, hopefully, uh, in the paper this weekend. And now your coronavirus update. San Diego County officials said Friday that campsites around the region and recreation areas like tennis courts could reopen. Officials also reported 233 new COVID-19 cases, which accounts for about 7% of the 3,572 tests conducted yesterday. Both the case total and the testing total are single-day highs for the region. Four more deaths were also reported Friday. To date, 4,662 residents have been sickened by the virus and 169 have died. Officials detailed several changes to the public health order, many of which relate to outdoor activities. Businesses can assume renting recreational items like bicycles, kayaks and surfboards, and golf courses can resume using golf carts. Recreational facilities like tennis courts, handball courts, and volleyball courts can open, provided operators can ensure social distancing. These locations must adopt and post a safe reopening plan, just like the rest of the county's businesses. Community pools will remain closed. Campgrounds can also reopen at half capacity, and only members of the same household can share a site. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the coronavirus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whatever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. 
San Diego News Fix is hosted and edited by myself, Daniel Wheaton. Special thanks to Luis Cruz for producing the live broadcasted recordings on social media. Digital creative director Beto Alvarez is the podcast editor. Until next time. <laughs>